All right, well, why don't we get started? I think Jacqueline is joining, joining momentarily here. <clears throat> Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Zoning Board of Appeals uh, meeting this evening, January 7th, 2021. Uh, we have one matter on our agenda this, this evening. Um, why, uh, Dennis, why don't you re read the, um, the governor's yep. mandate there? <sighs> Just give me one second. Pursuant to Governor Baker's March 12th, 2020 order suspending certain provisions of the open meeting law, General Laws Chapter 30A, Section 18, and the Governor's March 15th, 2020 order imposing strict limitations on the number of people that may gather in one place, this meeting of the City of Medford Zoning Board of Appeals is being conducted via remote participation. No in-person attendance of members of the public will be permitted, but every effort will be made to ensure that the public can adequately access the proceedings as provided for in the order. Persons who would like to listen or to view this meeting while in progress may do so by accessing the link that was included on the meeting agenda posted on the City of Medford website. If, despite our best efforts, we are not able to provide for real-time access, we will post a record of this meeting on the City's website in the near future at the link provided for in the meeting agenda. All right, and then you want to read the agenda item for the one matter we have this evening? Sorry, I switched off that one. Give me 30 seconds. Thirty-four Linden Street, case number A-2020-13, applicant Robin Iritano for Eleanor Alfred and Josephine Iritano is petitioning for the administrative appeal and a decision by the building inspector regarding the violation issued on September 3rd, 2020. All righty. Um, council, who's representing the applicant? Well, where are you? If it's, the, if it's the person that's named Karen Walker, you're muted. Yeah. And I can't unmute you. Scott, to make a clarification, okay, the the address is not uh, Lemon Street; it's Cherry Street. Oh, I did I read? I might have read a wrong notice. Shoot, sorry about that. Okay, you're right. It is. That's my bad. You have fifty to fifty-two Cherry Street. Yep. Correct. Apologies. And I says I'm John Cervone, representing the Aritano family. Are you are you named on the screen as Karen Walker? Yes. Okay. Before we get started, I just want to try and see if I can set the table, uh, mainly because <clears throat> this is um, not a common uh, appeal that comes before the Board of Appeals. We typically hear requests for variances or requests for Section 6 findings and some special permits. So I want to make sure I understand. So you are appealing the violation notice dated September 3rd, 2020, correct? Correct. Okay. And did you, what influenced your decision to file with us? And the reason, let me ask, let me, let me explain why I'm asking the question. The violation notice is violations of the building code. In reading your submission, you're, you're arguing zoning concepts. So did you, because there's an option to appeal this to the 
to the State Building Code Appeals Board if you want as well. And I just want to make sure that we're in the right place. Yeah. And I just want to get in front of it because the arguments you've made in your brief are not applicable. Um, those aren't those aren't those aren't arguments about overturning a building commissioner's viola violation notice about you were required to have a building permit that you need certain means of egress. Those aren't zoning concepts. Those are building code concepts. So I just I just want to I don't want I want to tell you that up front. Um, God, I think they may be frozen. Yes. Oh, okay. The main, the main, and with all due respect, uh, um, sir, we, we you're, you're, the service, your service is not good. We can't hear you at all. Flow, sir, we can't hear you at all. Can anybody hear him? No. Uh, no. Perhaps you can like call in. Uh, Zoom has an option to phone in. Um, maybe that would be clearer uh, if you did phone as well. We lost the yes. video too. I called on my cell phone. Meeting number. Sir, if you can hear us, you can dial into the meeting on your cell phone by dialing one nine two nine. Two zero five six zero nine nine. He jumped off, so I'm assuming that's <clears throat> yeah. I was confused about that too. I didn't know why they were appealing. Ma'am, please, please withhold comment now. And we're, we're waiting for the, the person to make their presentation. There'll be, there'll be plenty of time for public comment. Hold on, I just got an email. Okay. <clears throat> Meeting to begin. What At City Hall. About what? Dennis, could you mute? Can you mute her? Yeah. Mute her, please. Thank you. Uh, who, who's listed as seven eight one two five four nine zero four seven? Could you identify yourself, please? Hello. Hello. Yes, this is Attorney John Cervone. 
as you directed, I just I just dialed in. Okay. All right. Could you could you hear everything I said from the beginning? I, I did. And, and okay. I, so I we so we so, so we didn't hear any of your response. So yes. my my okay. question was my question was essentially: Did you intentionally file this appeal with us and um, the mixing yes. of the concepts? So if you could respond to that. Yes, because ultimately, not only does the the primary allegation, and I attach this to the uh, statement, the appellant statement that I filed, it's Exhibit 3, the primary allegation from which everything else flows, all the other allegations flow, are that in violation of the uh, Medford Zoning Code, we've made a two-family residence into a three-family residence without permits or permission. That's the main uh, allegation, if you read the letter. The, the, the letter, the, the first letter dated September 3rd, basically only cites that. It attaches a violation notice which says that plus four other things. But yeah. the main violation is that we've converted a two-family into a three family in violation of mental zoning ordinance. Okay. But you, ma but, you but you maintain it's not a three family, correct? No. It's the only people, uh, <laughs> there are only the Irritanos who own the property. And I go over this in. You're breaking up again, sir. We can't hear you. Sir, counsel. Counsel, if you can hear me, we cannot hear anything you're, you're saying right now. Members of the board, uh, I'm inclined to maybe give this about 15 minutes to see if we can get this squared away service-wise, but I'm not going to um, sit around for too long trying to um, figure this out, and we can continue and put it on to the next meeting. I mean, I'm not going to – it's only 7.45, but we haven't made any progress yet, so I don't know what you guys think. He's coming upstairs. We have bad reception. Oh, okay, great. Sorry, we moved to get a better signal. That's if I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Sorry, Sorry about that. We got to we move, move to get a better, better signal. signal. All right, so do you, have, do you have it now on your phone and on a laptop? Yes. Oh, well, that's going to create an echo. So, so I'll turn off the phone and see if this Great. works. 
Sorry. No worries. This is a, a new age, and we're all learning and adapting to use Zoom and all these yes. things that I don't I don't love myself. Um. Okay, so Mike, we lost we lost you when I when I asked you the question. I said, but you maintain that it's not a three family; it's only a two family, correct? Correct. And uh, and Port Inspector John Babuto, eighteen months ago, if you look at Exhibit One to what I filed, it's the business card he gave to Robin Irritano when he came. The next door neighbor called about an alleged and illegal apartment, an illegal three family was occurring. And Don Bavuso came, told her that was why he was here, asked her if he could inspect. She allowed him and he took her throughout the whole house. It's only members of the Irritano family who are using any portion of the basement. That's been also confirmed in the three sworn statements that have attached as exhibits 4A, B, and C to the statement that I filed. John Bavuso specifically approved everything. because as long as you don't have a soil down there in the basement, which there is not, as the, the photographs show, and as long as you don't put any doors on the rooms in the basement, to make them private like a bedroom, because you're fine. Don't sleep on it. Because and he showed, he came upstairs and Mrs. Mitterow showed him the room that she uses because the whole reason she moved back was because her 92-year-old mother is severely disabled. And they would have to be moved if Robin Irritano didn't move back to help care for her parents. She would have to move, oh, Mom, uh, Josephine would have to move to a special nursing home. And Fred would have to move to a separate nursing home, which is basically a during COVID. Um, so because it's only about a 1,250 square foot apart, and there's all usually two home health aides here because of Josephine's uh, disability, Robin had to move all her apartments, furnishings, property, etc., into the basement. The photos that I've attached, all the photos that I sent a couple of days ago, demonstrate there are no beds anywhere in the basement, no stove anywhere in the basement, and it's just full of uh, being used in storage for those. Uh, Various furniture and property that she moved back here 18 months ago when um, code inspector John Bavuso approved it. You say John Bavuso approved it. What, what writing do you have from John Bavuso that he blessed uh, the state of affairs in the basement? The, all I have was because there was no, in other words, he did. We're losing you again. Okay, as long as you don't put the stove in there and beds in the basement and take the doors off the rooms in back. Okay, my question is what writing do you have? It sounds like the answer is nothing. You don't have any writing from John Bavuso stating that everything was fine there. No, he just gave her his uh, business card when he was there. Thank you. You can proceed. I'm sorry. I mean to drop you. 
Okay. Again, everything flowed in the, in the violation was flowed from this erroneous allegation that they've turned the basement into an independent living unit. Even the, the uh, so they're claiming they constructed a kitchen. There's no stove anywhere. There's no kitchen. They claimed that there are bedrooms that have been constructed. There's no beds. It's always been used the way it has been since they moved in in 1963. They always used the basement. The prior owners have used the basement. That's why Mr. and Mrs. Iritano bought the property in 1963 because they had a growing family and they knew they needed the basement because the small 1250 square foot um, apartment really couldn't ultimately six people, four children and two adults. So as the various photos how, how did the fire how did the fire start in the basement? We've asked there was no fire in the basement. I apologize. With all due respect, there was there was a, a, a window, a wooden window frame, and somehow, no one seems to know, and the fire department says it's undetermined, it, there was smoldering. Somehow, on the outside of that uh, wooden frame, it started smoldering, and the fire department was called. But there was no... But there was, there was at the time, some work going on on the roof, uh, roof repairs. Again, the fire department told them that there's undetermined cause. The only thing anyone can think of is something fell or was uh, tossed on the outside uh, window frame. But that's all that there was no fire inside the building. Okay. Anything else you want to tell us? Yeah, the, uh, thank you. Other than the um, photos, I have attached copies of all the controlling uh, law. And because Mrs. Josephine is disabled, chapter, the Zoning Act, Chapter 40A, Section 3, you don't need to go over that argument because that, that has no application. There's the, the fact that a zoning restriction has an impact on somebody who's elderly and disabled does not make the, the law discriminatory. That 40A Section 3 is when a, a zoning ordinance on its face discriminates, treats one class of individuals different than others. Particularly, the, the common scenario is uh, a group home for uh, disabled persons or something like that. That's not what the, That's not what this is. I, I hear what you're saying. I, I did attach, and I should have sent it to her. I cited a federal case, and, and today, uh, just before noon, I sent a copy of the Mass Zoning Manual's um, description of that. And in that case, um, they said that... Um, trying to force a sober home to put in sprinklers under the sprinkler law, right discriminatory. And in that case, it's Summers versus City of Pittsburgh. I attached an excerpt uh, from the zoning manual that I sent to um, Mr. McDougall uh, today. But I so, what, so, what, so what zoning bylaw are you maintaining is discriminatory in Medford? It, it's not just bylaws. It talks about any decision 
Uh, I attached it to five. It isn't just the bylaw. It says any land use health safety law practice ordinances, bylaws, and decisions of a city and town. So it's not just, in, uh, with all due respect, it's not just the ordinance. Okay, so so what are you claiming was done here or, or what they're relying upon that what ordinance, law, or practice did they do that was discriminatory? I.e., what did they do or what are they enforcing that wasn't the same way a non-elderly or a non-disabled person? You're, you're, you're throwing out a lot of allegations here and you need, you need to substantiate them. I can tell you from my own parents and everyone that I know in Medford, my aunts, uncles, they all use their basements. They all use their basement for playrooms, extra refrigerators, any number of things. Basically, what that Summers case says is if you are going to prevent this family from allowing their daughter to continue using portions of the basement as it has been since 1963 and before. That interferes with the care of a disabled person. That is what, that's the only thing that keeps Josephine O'Connor from being moved to a nursing home. If, if Robin Iritano had not moved in here to live here full time, and he's sleeping upstairs next to her mother, basically around the clock here along with the health aides, she would not be able with her disability to continue living in her house. All these 92-year-old residents want to do is be able to live out their time in the house and not be forced into nursing homes, which under present circumstances is basically a death sentence. And again, I, I actually uh, a copy of, of um, 48 section 20. The other thing, um, I attached copies of all of the cases that I quoted. And basically what section 7, the amended portions of section 7, along with section 6, basically say, um, one and two family homes have special protections. They're allowed to modernize and update. All that happened here is when, um, back in the 205, when, when her sister Julianne went to birth and had no place to go with her, her young five-year-old son, they moved back here, and her parents basically just used what was here, the existing utilities and facilities in the basement, and they just modernized them. All of the cases that I attached inside talk about exactly those things being allowed as a matter of life. And I cited cases, if commercial, if a commercial- what, 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 when, was, when was the basement modernized? Well, Mr. Mr. was went to the making boat and his machine. So as things broke, he would repair them. Because so one, one of the violations is work was done without getting a building permit. Yes. I understand that. So, where do you have? Do you, do you attach any building permits to your submission? No, there were no building permits. And and what I have attached two cases which basically confirm that in situations like this, even in commercial 
larger commercial places. The failure to get a building permit at the time the work was done does not invalidate or make illegal the work or change the non control use. And 40A section 7 says, zoning enforcement or, or, or any kind of enforcement action hasn't been taken within 10 years of the act of when they were done, it becomes a non legal non-conforming use. No, it doesn't. It says the structure. You're conflating, you're conflating structure and use. The rule about use is six years, and that's when it's done pursuant to a building permit. You're conflating a lot of different things here. Ms. Darty, do you agree or am I, am I wrong? Um, no, I, I haven't chimed in because uh, I think you've, you've got it covered. I agree. There's no, there's no case law that says that if you do work without a building permit and, and it's there for a period of time, then that's the work that was done is grandfathered. I believe that's exactly what uh, the cases that I've talked about in the excerpt from the zoning manual say. These, uh, are, my these are commercial. These are a commercial uh, situations, not just you know, these commercial situations and residential zones. And as I said, section six, special protections to single and two family uh, residences. Section six would require you to come before us and ask for a finding. Section six doesn't allow somebody to just willy-nilly change their um, a, a single or a two-family to extend a non-conforming use or a non-conforming structure. At the very least, the new Balalta case says you need to get a building permit, but more likely you need to go before the zoning board. Well, the, the recent, um, the more recent case that I attach, um, well, border Rentham versus Monson, but the Filipino um, case says exactly that. And the excerpt, the excerpt from the additional excerpt I sent you today from the Massachusetts Zoning Manual says exactly that. That you can do work without getting a building permit? This is the problem. You're conflating building code in, in zoning principles. They're too distinct and they mean two different things, and there's Many, many rules for zoning, there's many, many rules for building, and they really don't overlap. If you think about this from a public policy perspective, if someone were allowed to um, surreptitiously install an apartment inside of their home without telling anyone and hide it for 10 years in one day, then they could come and say, I illegally did this work 10 years in one day ago, now you have to allow me to have that permit that would be an incentive for people to do such things. It doesn't make sense even from a public policy perspective, in addition to what the chair has already explained. Right, but that isn't what happened. All that happened was, as all those cases are, it was modernizing the use of things in the basement that always were here, and all the facilities that were here since before the uh, Irritanos bought it in 1962. And the reality is, if this is about if this is only about paying permit fees, that's that we don't have any issue with those two cases the Derby refining case and its prior case, the Monson case, both say those the failure to get a building from the time you did something can be 
taken care of. It can be reinstituted now. It can be done long as there's not some gross problem with what you're doing. In this case, there's been no structural changes to anything. The, there's been no structural weight bearing changes, there's no change to the footprint. Not, none of those things happened. All but sir, sir we, see, we see people who come before this board all the time seeking to make changes where they're not gonna make any structural or footprint changes and they yeah. aren't allowed because the law doesn't allow for it. I'm sorry if I... We, people come before the board all the time and they're seeking yeah. to make certain changes or uses and the law doesn't allow for it, even if sometimes it's not a structural use. So whether or not they're making a structural change is not the issue that we're discussing here. No, I understand. I, I, I'm not sure that I understand what you're, exactly what you're saying. What I'm saying is the, 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 fact, the fact that if the relief, I, I think you're, trying to request were to be allowed, the fact that that wouldn't have any structural changes is irrelevant to, to our analysis of, of what's happening right now. Plenty of people come before the board seeking variances with no structural changes and they're not allowed if the law doesn't allow for it. I understand. But, but that, that's exactly what the law does allow. That's the cases that I've attached to the statement, that's exactly if the law allows, if, if they allow a hundred unit nursing home to be enlarged and modernized in a residential area to a 121 unit nursing home and saying that's not a substantive change because it's basically just a modernized, more efficient use. Again, as I said, I attach, this isn't my opinion, I attach copies of the would say this, and attached copies of the Massachusetts zoning manual would say the same thing. So I guess there seems to be a focus on the fact that there were no building permits obtained back in 2005 when, um, and you have pictures of them, there's four cabinets. Those are modified. There were minor, minor <coughs> a new toilet, a new sink. Those things would be entitled to have a building permit if one were required uh, back in 2005. In all those cases, and the very refining in the Monson case say, if you didn't get one when you should have, but the laws and, and regulations at that time would have allowed it, you just go back and apply the the building permit and pay the fee. It, it doesn't make what you did illegal. Well, that's if, a different analysis say, than something? a prior non-conforming use. Those are those are two different analyses. So one is if you are saying to us, this is a prior non-conforming use, and therefore the um, the statutory time period has lapsed, that's one analysis. If yes. you're saying to us that uh, yes, we did this without building permits and that we should have gotten, but if you apply the laws of the time, we would have been allowed to have them. That's a completely different analysis. And it's not clear which one you're making or well, which, which one you're attempting to make. 
Well, the Derby refining case does both in the same case. They, I know you're, I see what you're saying. It's two sub-issues. But Derby refining sees it as the exact part and parcel of the same thing. <clears throat> in that case, it says, look, they didn't get what they were supposed to, but the fact that they had this non-conforming use and someone's alleging has been changed doesn't make that a and Derby refining case went on to say, because even though there's a, there have been what some might call changes, they are not substantial changes under the meaning of the zoning. So it goes back again to section seven, because section six clearly in the zoning manual, this is what, the zoning manual excerpts that I sent in the cases thing. They say one and two residents have special protections. They have the as a matter of right to make modernizations to improvements. They do not have one two family residents do not have to go through a three-prong analysis and prove that there's no substantial um, extension of non-conforming. Uh, James, did you want to say something or ask something? I, I, I guess I'm just unclear as to what we would actually be deciding. I mean, they're, they're not asking for it to be a, to become a three family. That's not what they're asking. So that, that's why I'm confused why it would even be a zoning issue. I mean, couldn't they rectify the, the building department's concerns and then this would be a non-issue or I, I, I guess I don't. I, I would, I would. Absolutely wish. I'm a municipal attorney and I represent and defend uh, municipalities, zoning enforcement offices all the time. Why don't, why don't we hear from Mr. McDonald and Mr. Mokey uh, about why they, the facts that they found that led to this violation notice and whether or not this is something that they could go back and apply for to rectify. Uh, my concern is these are building code issues. So going back, and I could be wrong, Mr. Moki may correct me, that getting a building permit is not going to rectify the fact that there are um, in, in, insufficient means of egress and not an escape window. And I don't think the lack of an actual bed in there matters. It's being used for dwelling purposes. There's a living room in there. You said it's not a kitchen. It looks like a kitchen to me um, based upon the pictures. So Mr. McDonald, why don't you, why don't you tell me the history here of what led to the citation? Yeah, thank you. My name is Dennis McDonald, City Method Building Inspector, Code Enforcement Officer. On September 3rd of last year, around 4 p.m. in the afternoon, uh, we received a call from the Memphis Fire Department uh, asking for assistance from a building inspector and an electrical inspector. Uh, we arrived on scene. I met with uh, Deputy Chief Fusco. Um, Mr. Fusco, uh, upon our investigation of the fire uh, at the basement window, we discovered a fully uh, basement uh, apartment. Um, at that time, I made contact with the homeowners. Um, at that time, Robin, the daughter, uh, intervened, uh, introduced herself. Um, she, at that time, stated to me that she goes down there because her parents are elderly, um, and she goes on to get, to get away. Uh, I asked Robin, because um, I could tell by those multiple building code violations, um, I asked Robin if she ever pulled a permit. Uh, she kept stating the fact that it was just used for family. It was only family use. Um, the reason why we're citing this, gem because there is no building permits on this basement unit, and uh, the basement unit is not connected to the second or third floor. To become a legal unit, it needs to be connected to the first floor, which it is not. So it is a separate dwelling unit. 
So, Dennis, um, I got a couple of, I think, some points to make clarify some of the issues that are kicked around here. So, the Iritano family lives on the second and third floor? No, they live on the third floor. They live on the third floor. They have tenants on the second, on the first floor. Tenants on the first floor. So, who's yeah. uh, are they on the second and third floor? No, they live on the second, for tenants on the first floor. Okay. So it's uh, it's physically uh, not connected to the to the space. Correct. correct. So you are yes. saying by reading the violation letter, you feel it's a separate unit. Yes. A separate unit. Okay. Correct. And, uh, and as you were saying earlier, Scott, the the other issue was yeah, we couldn't. Building uh, permit because the way it's currently constructed, you know, they apply. You would apply for a building permit at this time to maybe legalize what's down there. There's a couple of issues that, when something of this nature happens, that uh, causes some real problems for my office. Well, one is we couldn't get the permit now because uh, it's in violation of several sections of the building code. And the other issue that is a, is a really tough one for us when when work of this nature has been. Uh, done and you have wiring and plumbing and maybe gas work that's been enclosed, it's very difficult for one of my inspectors to sign off on something they can't see. You know, it's all been covered up and it's, it hasn't been inspected. So that's another real real problem with us when we have uh, we went into these type of situations. And uh, I don't, and as Dennis said also, the other issue is, and I haven't been in there, but I've talked with Dennis and I've looked at the pictures. I, you know, I think you have to be honest. There's definitely a kitchen down there. There's, there's no, whether there's a cookup facilities or not, and, and you know, and the, the thing uh, this day and age too. Even if there is no gas or electric stove, a microwave or a, a, a type of plug-in stovetop can easily be you know used to cook and prepare food. And we're not trying to. And believe me, we don't want to hurt anybody, and we, we try and accommodate people with uh, living conditions the best we can, especially when they're trying to support family. But also, uh, as Jacqueline and Scott were saying earlier, there's, it's, it's a really tough one for us because we have to enforce the zoning, and if we don't do that, these pop up all over the place. And, and honestly, the basement's uh, the worst place to have a legal apartment. That's the most unsafe situation, especially with the windows and, and the door that you have. You have really uh, bad uh, egress conditions there. So it's really, really concerned about the safety of it too. And again, we're, we're not trying to hurt anybody. Believe me, we, we try and work the best we can, but this just seems like you're asking for a lot of uh, relief on some tough issues here. So, I, so is the, so is it not possible for the come back after the fact and apply for a building permit? Are some of these violations not the means of egress and the, Mr. McDonald, what was there? Is there a bedroom down there that you found or now? There, there, yeah, there was. They, they shared a bureau. Uh, the mattress was taken out. Uh, there was a bureau and a dresser in a room. Uh, she did state that the fact to me, Robin, I should state, uh, stated that she did at one time use it as a bedroom. There was food in the refrigerator. Uh, it, there was uh, the, the bathroom had you know toiletries in there also. Dennis, uh, question is, did you uh, get a date on the uh, uh, bathroom fixtures? I did not. Okay. But the jacket has no no building permits at all for this? Uh, absolutely none at all. 
So am I correct in understanding? I'm I'm a little curious exactly about what relief we're being expected to. We're being asked about. We're being asked even, to lift the citation. The, the, sure, but even if even if we. If we don't lift the citation, if we if we don't overturn the building commissioner, then it's on the building commissioner to take the next step to enforce, uh, which would be to file an action or or the um, the homeowner would, could appeal us to Superior Court of Land Court. Right. I, I guess what I'm just what I'm saying is if we I mean, if we were to do that, we would be saying that we would allow this to, to continue to exist in violation of a number of building codes, which we don't have authority to do. I, I agree. I, I think that's what I'm struggling with too, Jacqueline, but I, yeah, I, I just, I mean, we don't but, have any ability to circumvent building codes and yeah. I'm hearing things about egress safety. Uh, we, we don't have that ability. Right. This is kind of a unique situation. And that's, a, I think that's a, a key point, Jacqueline, and that you were saying it. Scott, I haven't seen uh, the appeal. Is the appeal to overture, overture and, uh, the code enforcement decision that this is a, a legal third family? Is it to, is that what the appeal basically is coming down to here? I mean, it has to be, right? That's the only order that was issued that could be appealed. Right, because the other orders are all building code matters, right? That's, that's what I'm thinking. That's what it looks like to me. But I didn't see what he filed in the actual. I believe the exact wording is administrative. Um, it really? is for an administrative appeal on a decision by the building inspector prohibiting um, 179 College Ave. So administrative appeal on a, a decision by the building inspector. I mean, whatever, whatever the appeal is. I, I don't think there's been a standard met that the building commissioner was wrong in any of these decisions. I mean, isn't it that simple? The bu building commissioner uh, issued an order that it's an illegal three family. I think we've heard evidence uh, that's quite clear that there's dwelling purposes being used in the basement. The, uh, the code enforcement officer just testified that there's no building permits that were pulled, that there's no means of egress. I mean, those decisions from, in my view, weren't wrong. So, I mean, I agree. What else is there to discuss? If I may, I, I apologize, but I have to correct another misstatement of fact. Attached exhibits 2E, F, and G, and then H. The main focus of what I heard from Inspector McDonald was, is there are, there was no way and no connection between the basement the second floor. If you look at those pictures, number one is more than there's three. There are three exterior doors that are shown in the floor. And when you go past into three, so the floor, you never asked to go and look at the back or go upstairs. Exhibits G, E, G, and H show that from the basement, you can connect up to, through that back porch area, you can connect to both the first floor and the second floor. It's a direct- In, Inside the house or, or outside through a porch? Well, I, I, I was just explaining the porch, it's the second means of egress for the entire house 
is what I'm calling the rear porch. It's enclosed, so it's not an exterior rear entry. It's all enclosed. So it has a stairway from the second floor down to the uh, rear egress, rear porch. And the fourth, first floor is the other door. You see two doors. The one door that for that rear egress comes from the second floor. The second door is the first floor that goes out to the rear egress. But what? But what? But what doors in the basement go directly to the outside? That's that's the. I'm not a building expert, but basement. that's my understanding. Is you need two two means of egress that go directly outside, not into a different part of the dwelling. Well, I think that's what we have to clarify here. These to get from the third floor to the basement. Um, at some point, I think you have to go outside. Is that correct? No. No. Dennis, what did you see when you were out there? Dennis, you're muted. Dennis, you're muted. You're muted. All three connect to the rear. Council, could you just wait one moment, please? Council, Council, please just wait one moment. Mr. McDonald's going to explain. Thank you. Um, this is the main door to the to the uh, to the uh, basement apartment. As you can tell, it's inadequate in height. Um, there is a back door which connects to a mechanical room. Okay, and what the council is saying there is there is a means of egress from the third floor down to the uh, first floor. However, that is a common area. So for this basement apartment to be legal, it has to be connected from the first floor apartment to the basement apartment, free flowing, not into a common area. So you can't go from the third floor to a common area down to the basement apartment. That's yeah, not physically connected then. Correct. And it, uh, the the door that opens into the mechanical room? Correct. And is there, then there's a door from the mechanical room outside? Correct, yes. And that's where the fight you started. Yep. Okay. Um, I have a question, Dennis. If they were to like remove all those like deadbolts and the locks, and they were actually connected, then it would be considered one whole unit, right? Correct. If it does not go into a common area, right? So, yep. As long as they have tenants and they've got one, even one of those doors locked as a deadbolt, it's always going to be a common area. Correct. So, if, if in other words, if there was a staircase directly down from the first floor unit, you know to that basement, that, that's a different story. Correct. I, I've tried to talk to Robin in the past. I, we've made two suggestions. One, and again, I, we understand, like, and like the commissioner was saying, we're not here to hurt people. Again, the bottom line is we want safety. Um, to, she can move her parents down to the first floor, put an interior stairwell down to the basement, make that one unit, and move her tenants up to the, up to the second floor. Um, at, at that time, Robin did not want to hear that from me. But if her counsel had to come in next week and sit down with me, We'd be more than happy to give her different suggestions to make that a legal unit. Right. Do, do, you, do you see that there's value in sitting down to see if a solution can be had here rather than asking the ZBA to try and decide the building code, which um, I don't really think we're equipped. I mean, there's a jurisdictional question, number number one, um, but you know, we're, we're kind of learning on the fly here. Uh, we're kind of putting up this so-called square peg into a round hole. Um, do you see value, Council, in, in Mr. McDonald, Mr. Moki, of sitting down to see if a solution could be had for some reconfiguration, or or does the layout not allow for that? No, I think I, I think that's a very good idea, Scott. Because uh, again, it's a tough situation, but I think uh, sometimes you step away from this and you get together, and maybe some good ideas emerge from that. That's my opinion. Okay. 
I mean, I'll just just say, for, to, hopefully this moves us along to, to resolution. I, I don't see the building department made any errors here. So if we were for, forced to decide this, the outcome of our decision is the status quo remains unless the homeowner former uh, for files an appeal or the building commissioner brings an enforcement action. But as far as our decision, I mean, it doesn't seem like any mistakes were made to me. So. Oh, I, as I said, I had no problem sitting down with them. All right. What's our next meeting, uh, Dennis? Uh, February 4th? Uh, Dennis, Dennis, you're Dennis. muted. Muted, Dennis. Sorry about that. Yes, it's February 4th. Sorry, I was just looking at the calendar. Okay. Is that enough time for you guys to sit down and talk? I think uh, so. Yes. I mean, we can start. I, I'll be candid. I don't know if it would be finished, but we can get it started. Okay. Well, we can always continue it again as long as everybody agrees that the, right. the constructive approval is um, – you'll have to uh, – um, Council Dennis will email you our form in which you waive the constructive approval for the 100 days in order to get the continuance. Right. So you, you'll, you'll agree to waive the constructive approval, correct? Yes. Okay. All right. Do we want to – um, wait until the next meeting for public comment or no? Um, well, if they work it out, um, then there may not be a subsequent meeting. So, um, okay. Ms. Kara Fodes has been sitting here, so I assume she wants to comment. Muted. Dennis, can you unmute her? I do speak because I'm... They uh, rented to four other renters. Um, we had lots of problems. We still have problems, but um, when there's a legal apartment, I mean, I think this whole street is just um, zoned for two apartments for each house. I don't know any house on the street that has a legal basement apartment. <laughs> In 2007, you had a student in there paying $1,500 a month, and it was listed. Dennis, can you mute? Can you mute? Can you mute um, them, please? Thanks. Well, Sophia, we can't really hear you very well either. It sounds like there's a Zoom disease tonight that nobody can really be heard very well. You can't hear me? Uh, okay. You're cutting in and out. I think you keep putting your finger on your microphone, Sophia. Oh, okay. Thank you. Oh, that you're an expert. Is that better? Yep. Can hear you. Okay. So the the point I'm trying to make is when they did rent to uh, four other renters, um, at least that I know of since I've lived here, it was, uh, you know, troublesome. I mean, there were extra cars parked in the driveway. I mean, I didn't give anyone permission to park in my driveway. They just took it over and they still take it over. Um they uh, use our trash receptacles. When they do have parties or cookouts, it spills out into my driveway with alcohol and whatnot and debris. And, um, I, you know, recently I had a plow guy come, and when the cars that are parked against the building get cleared off or are shoveled out, they, they shovel the snow onto... Uh, you know, the, the plow I just had come down my driveway. It's, it's troublesome. And I can see um, if they do legalize that apartment, then it's going to be very troublesome. 
I mean, right now I have trouble getting into my driveway because um, Robin parks her car on the edge, blocking pedestrians on the sidewalk, as well as my entrance to my driveway. So I just see more problems happening. So if you're going to sit down, Mr. Moki, with them to, I don't know, come to a solution. I mean, I was in agreement with the um, uh, Scott, uh, the chairperson, and Dennis, because they they spoke the truth. Um, it I, I don't understand what we're arguing here. That's what I was concerned about. I, I went to the city hall to ask, is this for legalizing a a basement apartment, I, it wasn't clear as you people were a little confused. So that's why I wanted to get my grievances on the table, because if you do sit down to discuss legalizing an apartment, I just see it presenting more, more and more problems. No, there's, not, there's, not, there's, nothing we, there's nothing we would do that would be saying that that's a lawful apartment. That's not what's before us. Well, we I appreciate that. We wouldn't have authority to do that. Um, and I, I, when I heard you all speak, you all made complete sense. I, I got to be honest, I was totally confused. When I went to City Hall and got the letter, I was asking, what is the issue here? Um, you know, and, and no one could, no one was able to answer it because everybody was a little confused. Yeah, so it's I'm an glad unusual, that it's an unusual I appeal. All right, so uh, please please join us on February 4th, and we'll see where we're at. Will you um, um, email me again when the meeting is? Uh, Dennis, could you, could you do that courtesy, Dennis? Um, Sophia has my email address, and Sophia, just send me an email, and I'll send you the link. Okay, who just spoke? Dennis. That was me, Dennis, who you okay. spoke to yesterday. Oh, all right, Dennis, yeah. The other Dennis. Dennis it's, it's confusing. That's why I didn't put my name on, because it would have been very, very confusing with both our names up there, myself and... Dennis. Oh, are you under community development? Yep, that's me. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah, gotcha. Can you make a motion to continue to February 4th, please? I'll make a motion to continue to February 4th. I'll second that motion. All in favor? Aye. 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 Excuse me, one Aye. question. Uh, so, Dennis, will you email me? Yes. When I get the notice done, I'll send it to you. Thank you very much. Yep. All right. All take right. care. Thank you. So we can sign off? Yep. Yes. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you. Motion to adjourn, somebody? Make a Me. motion to adjourn. Second, all in favor? All right, good night, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.